Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is another week and look at that i think this is three weeks in a row episodes of the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango former blue jamie rivers jeff burton gentlemen how goes it that's good i think if we do this every week we're all going to start cycling together no. No, you th- no, you won't? No. I don't think so. I, I, no. Jeff's just trying to get us in those tight pants. <laughs> well, for again. sure. That's again. it again. Yeah. <laughs> Mary was doing a thing the other day where uh, before Point Fest where like she was like eyeballing me as I was walking out the door. Yeah, she was. Wow, yeah, which, which is which is Still great. Still got it, which, huh? Uh, I do, the, the for best one. relationship. No, no, I, I, which is great to know that I do. But then there was at one point where like she kept leering and I was like, hey, man. Like this is, I am not a piece I of meat. I am not a piece of meat. I know that I look good, and I know that I, I always say that. It's understandable. I, take, I take the word "not" out <laughs> when I say that myself. Their relationship is the it's um, it's a sitcom. It's a reality show. It's a movie all wrapped into. No, one. I don't think so. Man, oh, she's just awesome. Dude. Yeah, but no, that's what I mean. I you mean, guys have an awesome, awesome relationship, is what I mean. I meant that as a positive. Oh no, I know. Because she'll I kick know, my I know. ass. Now, a question I have is: as she's eyeing you up like Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. Uh, is she visually impaired at all? No. Wow. Wow. That's, that's no, mean. I mean, it happens. Like, you know? LASIK's a thing now. <laughs> as do, you far, a, do you have a new sponsor for the show? Is that where you're saying that? As far as I know, she's the only one in the house with 20-20 vision. Now, that could be off, and that would explain a lot. It would. I, all I, without saying a whole lot, there was an evening slash morning where Mary wanted to do one thing, and Donnie wanted to make sure there wasn't any pizza left. I'm just saying. Wow. What? Donnie, I, I know it's I've made mistakes in my life and this clearly <laughs> is one of those things. But this was a point in the night after some things were done that I was really freaking hungry. It's not that I w- didn't want to do the other thing with Mary. Right. It's just I wanted to have a couple Mary was, of pizza Mary, first. Yeah, Mary was hungry, too, but she pronounced it differently. <laughs> right. Very differently. And I just want to know, was Donnie trying to, I don't know, add a little flair, bring the pizza oh. into the mix? This is not a George Costanza eating while I'm having sex situation. <laughs> like, you didn't no. answer the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. All right. You answered. I clicked no. on uh, a thing one time. It said pizza delivery guy. Yep. Now, I'm not telling you what website that was right. on, but it certainly was different than what you know. I'm sure you're talking what about. What if she would have set up the scenario of, okay, why don't we both get what we want uh-huh. to where you're the pizza delivery guy. Or no, you're the customer. She's the pizza delivery lady. Uh-huh. She knocks on the door. Pizza for Mr. Fandango. And you go, oh, 
I don't have any money to pay for the pizza. Yeah. What do we do now? Oh, dude, I'd take her to the house. All Absolutely. Right. No Mary, doubt about it, Hey, man. Mary, you're welcome. Now, if, <laughs> if we set up that scene, now, does Donnie answer the door just like that? Or is he, like, glistening? Because he just got out of the shower. Maybe just a towel on. Oh, my goodness. That I'm so gr- sorry. That sounds gross and then to she, me. Then she <laughs> says, my car hit a water buffalo, and she needs the towel. That's a Fletch reference, by the way. Hey, is this yeah. a hockey podcast yeah, or is this a podcast think, about Donnie's sex life? Hey, hey, well, before, I don't care quick, either way. Real quick, I want to talk about hockey because we didn't we didn't talk a ton about hockey last week. But I wanted to ask you guys about something first before we got before we got started with the with the NHL stuff. NFL starting tomorrow. Are you? I, I don't know how big of NFL fans you guys are. I'm super stoked. Like you're a big, super, yeah, super you're stoked. a big Buffalo guy. Yeah, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Yes, uh, sorry about I am. That. The, yeah. I am the guy that I use, and I used it more when St. Louis had a team. But I'm the guy that uses football to do laundry. Mm-hmm. Like if Wait, I'm good, because I don't sit down for that long. The only time I sit down for more than 20 minutes at a time is hockey. To be honest with you, baseball's in the background while I'm doing everything else. Football, I can sit and watch. But I got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. So uh, the understanding in my house is I watch football if I want to, but I do laundry. Like I fold laundry and do that. So that's my Sunday. That's why I like football. All right. Guess what I'm bringing in here every Friday? A bucket of laundry. I'm going to give it to Bert. <laughs> Tell him don't miss the double header on right, Sunday. Right, right. Hey man, and please let's watch use, the starch. Let's let's use bleach this time around. Yeah, man. come oh, on. Yeah. The socks uh, are not as wet as they can. Hey, look, if I need to use bleach on your clothes, that ain't my fault. That's your fault. <laughs> what about you, Jimmy? Are you an NFL guy? Yeah, at all? you know I love NFL football. I'm not uh, like a nut. I'm not into the fantasy football and following it like crazy. Um, but I am a big fan, and I know this is unpopular. I'm a huge Patriots fan. Now, before we jumps down my throat with the bandwagoner crap, this started way back in 01 when I played for the Boston Bruins. And Drew Bledsoe was a huge hockey fan. And he brought a couple of guys to a few of the games, and Tom Brady happened to be one of them. And so we went out, had a couple of uh, cold beverages in mm-hmm. Boston after. So you got to know these guys a little bit. And that was the year that Bledsoe got hurt, oh, and then yeah. Brady stepped in, stepped in and yeah. then the, the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl, which was tough because the Rams were in it at the time. The St. Louis Rams, when we loved them, uh, were in there in the final against the Patriots. So I was cheering for the Rams like under my breath, but playing in Boston and knowing some of the guys, and then obviously the whole Brady story, much like almost like the Jordan Bennington story. Right. Guy you know, out of nowhere. Point, yeah. Then he comes back and the Patriots win and, and then we were included in some of the festivities afterwards, some of the Super Bowl parties. So from that moment I became a Patriots fan for obvious reasons. Little did I know what kind of an epic run that they would go on after yeah. that. And now I'm tortured every time I say I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> and you know what? Again, before we get to hockey, Riz is kind of the same way in that he's displaced. He's from the East Coast, but he's been here. He's been here, what, 13, 14 years, yeah. something like that. But for a while, he was he was conflicted. Does he root for his New York teams? or his, And he's now adapted to, obviously, being a Blues fan first, Rangers second, I believe, and then Cards and then Yankees, I think yeah. is how it goes. Did you have any problem with that as far as your allegiances to – other professional sporting teams? Well, I grew up a Blue Jays fan when it came to Major League Baseball. And when I was playing junior hockey, the Blue Jays went back-to-back in the 90s. Joe Carter Joe with Carter. the huge oh, I like, remember yeah, that. Dude, oh I'll never I forget it. I was in a bar watching that. Hey, uh, I, I was in a bar playing. in Sudbury, Ontario, up north, like 10 minutes from the Arctic Circle. 
And the bar was called Wet Willies. <laughs> Not lying. Dollar Is beers. Is that where the movie was Ooh. filmed? <laughs> <laughs> I believe there were parts that were in there. Uh, 15 minute scenes. That's yeah. where I was at. Dollar beers for bottle beer, which was a mistake. Wow. <laughs> I was. Do you remember the band uh, cover band Paint the Earth? Oh, yeah. yeah I was course. watching them at some highfalutin bar that I would never nor- normally be in. And I remember that game was on. I remember seeing the Joe Carter. Joe yeah. Carter. Home run. Was yeah. that from Mitch, uh, Mitch Williams from yeah. the yeah, wild thing. Was, was that was it that year? Yeah. Now Jamie McLennan hired Paint the Earth to go all the way up to Edmonton, Alberta, to play a huge party he had. Wow. One time. Former Blues goalie, former Jamie Blues backup goalie, Jamie McLennan, now TSN analyst. Yeah, and was he a drummer too? Yes. Did he play the drums. I yeah. For some reason, remember that. So there are no cover bands in Canada, I, but. I, Donnie, well, I'm I'm just saying. Donald. No, Donnie, they are. There's just they're just no good. Oh, okay. Yeah, is what it is. Well, they finish every <laughs> sentence with a. <laughs> so it's like I'm gonna rock you, a. <laughs> it just gets old. It isn't on a prayer, a. <laughs> a. Hey, that is it. And this is getting totally away from hockey now. But and Donnie, you probably know this better than me, being in the the music <laughs> sure. on, on the point. I have heard before that in, like Canadian radio stations are required to play X percentage of yeah. local music in that particular area or something. I don't think it's necessarily local in that area. I think it's just Canadian artists as a Correct. whole. Correct. Got you. But yeah, okay. but I mean, there's like really good music coming out of Canada. Really I mean, good rock bands coming out Nickelback, of Canada. Nickelback. Yeah. Hello. Nickelback is one of those bands everybody loves to hate, man. But, listen, loves I, to can, hate. Can I talk not about my, that real quick? It, it's not my bowl of cereal, but I'm not going to hate on it. I, I retweeted <laughs> a, a great picture. Story from them too. I, I retweeted a picture yesterday of Guy Fieri and Enjoying a Nickelback show, yeah. all right. And the multitude- I thought that was Kelly Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the multitude of people that just want to hate on that band yeah. to hate on that. There band. was a, in their Dude, prime. They were in their prime as far as when they toured all the time. I read they were making. Uh, north of nine hundred grand per Dude, evening. They make songs that people like. Screw, uh, screw them! What a terrible thing for a band yeah. to, to have songs that people like. People are so shitty for absolutely no reason. I don't love Nickelback, <laughs> but for Christ's sake, get off their nuts. Okay, yeah. yeah. Going back to this, uh, they're from Vancouver. Okay, so when we went up and played the Canucks, uh, a good friend of mine, I'm going to name drop the shit out of this world right now. A good friend of mine, Michael Rosenbaum, who was uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville. Way oh. back then. So that guy, he's a friend of mine. Friend. Is that a name drop, really? Yes. A little if bit. If you have to explain it. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. So we're out at a bar called The Roxy, and it's a very popular bar that hockey teams go to in Vancouver. And uh, Chad from Nickelback comes walking in with his brother. And so now they, Mike and Chad know each other. So they're talking, we're drinking, we get to talking again. And of course, music comes up and I asked him flat out, you know, he get a couple of beers and I'm like, so does it bother you how there's a love hate? Yeah. Like people either love you or they freaking hate you. He's like, dude, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, elaborate. You know? And he's like, listen, we get more radio spins than any other rock band. He goes, we get more than the Rolling Stones right now. And he goes, That's, we call ourselves Radio Rock. Basically, mm-hmm. you turn on our, our song, and you can listen to it almost any station. Yeah. It could be pop. It could be rock. It could be whatever. And he goes, we're getting played. And then he followed up by saying, "And you know what? Let's go tomorrow and hang out. I got a great house. I got a hockey rink built at my house. <laughs> sure is shit. He has a hockey rink. Wow. Like a full hockey rink. So we went out the next day and played hockey at Chad Kroger's house. Here's here's a question for you. That was the name drop. Hey, hey, haters wouldn't bother me if I had a hockey rink in the back. Yeah, of my that's house. good. That's a great point. Okay, so uh, that is a guy that 
I would love to if I was that close to him. And I don't know how close you guys got, like friendship-wise, like if you could joke around and give him crap. Oh, I thought you meant like but shirts off. No, like, okay. I know that <laughs> side of it. Yeah, I mean. That's a guy that if I was close enough to him, I'd go, dude, one time, let's just roll up to an ATM. And let's just do a balance inquiry. Just see. I just want to see it one time. Just one, just to see what's there. Wouldn't even ima- wouldn't even know what to expect. You I know mean, what I'm you saying? Gotta, I mean, is it, it just in his bank, like available cash? Is there five fi- figures, six figures, what? Because that's a dude. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Because yeah. that's a guy that's got to have so much wealth that legitimately he's got to have it in multiple what if he said? What if he said checking or savings? Which <laughs> one did you want to see there? Yeah. Well, I'd like to see what he has in savings because yeah. that would mean, you know. That's all right there. Checking is something like that's your spending money. Right. right? Yeah. You know? savings, so savings is, is like, hey, yeah. I'm going to tuck this away. That would probably be like eight or nine. Did he ever figures. find out what was on Timmy's head or whatever his name was in what? the song? What's that? Uh, what's the photograph? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's that on Billy's head or what's Timmy's that on head? Billy's head? But what's yeah. the dude's name? Is it Billy? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll edit this. But here, let's, let's But transition. I do know that I don't think he ever found out. Okay. So if our listeners want to get out there and, uh, and find <laughs> out. Let, let's transition. To what? For maybe the first time in two episodes, what if we talked about hockey? And 11 well, we, and a half I, minutes. I, I tried to do that. I brought in the hockey rink, and then Jeff went down a different road. Again. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to entertain. Um, so hockey. So hockey. Yeah, yeah so we, we have the last piece of the puzzle, I'm assuming, here. Uh, uh, Mr. Barbashev is signed. What did you think of the deal? I think that you thought he was going to get something similar to Oscar Sundquist. He gets two years, or Oscar got four. Yeah, I, uh, I know... For a fact that he was looking for a little more, uh, he was looking for a Sunquist kind of payoff as far as term and dollars each year. He didn't get it, but you know he got a two-year deal at average uh, what average annual value of one point four, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I think it's you know it's a little bit of a raise for Barbie. The the Blues sign him, and they're still able to be under the cap, which is what they wanted, and they get him for two years. I do. Know that there was a three-year deal on the table, but Barbie's kind of betting on himself here a little bit. Good for him. You know, and I think that that's really ultimately what happened was, I'm going to bet on myself a little bit. And the next time he goes back to the table, he'll have arbitration rights. He'll have, like, more leverage for this situation. So, overall, I think it's a great signing for the Blues. I love the guy. You know, he didn't want to go anywhere. He was skating out here with all the guys and... Of course, guys are busting his balls left and right. Hey, uh, Barbie, what KHL team you going to? You know, (laughs) and he's just an awesome kid. He just smiles and nods. You can tell he's like, you don't have a job right now. You need some cash. Don't have you jobless over there. You homeless. So he's skating. Yes. Is there is there a lot of the dudes skating right now? Well, right now, um, there's a ton of guys because they're going up to that prospect camp in Traverse City, and so all the young guns that were drafted last year, they're all in town and. They're skating, getting ready to depart. Uh, now, the core group has been skating as well. And some of the core guys are skating with the young guys just to kind of get a walkthrough. Uh, but then, you know, the, the big dogs are going out early. It's crazy. They're on the ice at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And we're talking, you know, our buddy, Patty Maroon, mm. although he's a Tampa Bay Lightning Does, does guy. he know that he doesn't work here anymore? <laughs> I tried to tell him that, okay. and he ignored Patty, me. So wrong I'm, locker room. I'm not sure. Uh, he does have new gloves. And they don't have yellow on them, so I'm assuming that he knows. At least somebody in his camp, as they <laughs> call it, <laughs> look at the color them. of your gloves. Uh, but yeah, Patty, um, Pareko, Braden Shan, Alexander Steen, and Alex Petrangelo, and it, it's so funny because you look at it, and the guys who are putting in the most work are some of the most important guys on your team, and 
some of the biggest lightning rods yeah. for criticism. Mm-hmm. And it drives me nuts, Donnie. Can, can I, I, I do not, at this point where we stand in September after winning a god dang Stanley Cup and looking forward to a year where we legitimately are bringing back all the pieces to have another really good team, I still feel as though that the captain thing is questioned with Pietrangelo, and everything. I feel like even winning the cup has not gotten people off this guy's ass, and I don't understand what it's going to take. Do I think he's the best defenseman in the league? No, but do I think that he is vastly underappreciated by some people that are Blues fans? Absolutely, and holy cow, I'm tired of hearing about it, man. The dude plays against the best players almost every single freaking night. And uh, I would assume, if not the most ice time on the team, top two or three, right? Yeah, he's in the top tier for sure. He used to automatically be 27 minutes a game, but now with the emergence of Colton Pareko, which is a good thing, by the way, because now you don't have to just put so many miles on your captain. But, yeah, Petro is in the top three for ice time. Here's the thing that people need to wrap their brains around. Alex Petrangelo has played in two Olympics. He's won two gold medals. And when he played in the Olympics, he was a shutdown defenseman against the world's best players. Not just the NHL, the world. So just whatever. The best people in the world, he's playing against their best guys. He's won a Stanley Cup now, first captain ever in Blues history. Think about the great players that have come through here. Alex Petrangelo won a cup and put it over his head as the captain of the St. Louis Blues. That leadership was probably the number one reason they overcame their adversity. And now, he, and you're kind of alluding to what I'm about to say, but he was part of it. He just wasn't on the bus. He was an important part, not just the minutes, but goals and assists and defensive plays. And stuff. He just wasn't on the roster. He affected change in the game. Oh, my God. It, you know, it starts with the meetings that they had, and we talked about some of the brutally honest meetings that this team had to have halfway through the season, and Petra was part of it. And he took a lot of the blame for what was going on. And he, you know, I'll tell you this, guys, he gets to the rink at like 7 in the morning. He works out. He goes on the ice. This guy goes until he can't go anymore, and he drags people with him. If you're at the rink and he sees you, you're going on the ice. Let's go. Let's go work. You know, he'll be like, hey, Barbie, let's go. And so people don't see that leadership just because he's not. And I always bring Brian Sutter up because people want to always say Brian Sutter is the greatest captain ever, right? Petro's just not the same. Um, I guess the way he acts is not the same. It doesn't mean he's not leading. This guy is leading all the time. So is Alex Steen. These guys are very instrumental in the success of that team. And you talk about having your leader show up at the biggest moments. How about Alex Petrangelo scoring a goal with, what, under 10 seconds left in the first period against the Boston Bruins in Game 7? How about blanket statement Alex Steen, who I've ridden his ass, absolutely. Oh, man, I have two for oh, years. Oh, we all have. And if yeah. you say you haven't, you're lying. Yeah. Saying, yeah, I'll take a I'll take a quote unquote demotion to go down to the fourth line and then just kick everybody's ass. Yeah. Embrace figuratively it speaking. like a true yeah. pro. Yeah. And he's another guy, like I said, he's out early. He's working on his game right now. He's what, thirty four, thirty five years old. You don't like that shit doesn't happen every day. Guys who are that age are like, nah, you know, whatever, and coming to the end of the road. These guys are pushing and they're leading by example. So if that's the standard now, they've won the cup. And the standard was that we're going to go out there and work our balls off every single day. Well, how dare a young guy or a new guy or anybody walk into that locker room and not give their best? Right. Or, and what I was thinking was when you made the example of Petrangelo's going, hey, Barbie, let's go out on the ice. Can you imagine telling your captain, eh, 
Yeah, I'm waiting so. for a hot pretzel right. from the uh, concession stand <laughs> right. to think. Yeah, it doesn't happen. That does because that'll get around. Petrol's intense, and man. He'll remember. You know what? You, you say that. Um, if you and I don't know all of the captains of the Blues, but outside of was it Brewer, Chris Brewer, Brewer. Eric, Eric Brewer, <laughs> think about the captains that we've had. They've been a lot. And I say we. The Blues have had a lot of in-your-face, gritty, intense, screaming at the ref, screaming at the other team kind of people. And then you have Petrangelo, who's not that, well, at that's least not, not on the ice. Yeah, correct. I think maybe that's part of the, man, this guy's a captain? Come on. This guy's getting beat up, and you're not going over there dropping the gloves like, like Backus would and like Brian Sutter would. I think maybe that's a bit of the pushback on him. I agree. Okay. But what people don't see, and it's like I call it the iceberg, right? Because we've all seen that picture where you see this big iceberg, and then you see the the amount of the iceberg that's under the water that sure. nobody can see. is like it eclipses what you can see. So same reference here with Alex Petrangelo is he's a guy that doesn't go wild or ballistic out in the public eye or in the game. But you go in the locker room and he's very subtly going to call you out. And he's going to be like, hey, you know, if it was Burton, right? Hey, Burton, you know, the game started at 7. It's 7.30. You're yet to make your presence felt. Right. And now what, right? Okay. Right. What, what do you say? Your captain's one of your hardest working guys. He doesn't make the right plays all the time. Nobody does. But if you're working your butt off all the time, you're willing to do whatever it takes for the team to win, you can't question that. Yeah. One of my biggest, and we, we, you, Jamie and I went at it on Twitter years ago uh, over Petrangelo. And my biggest thing was not necessarily his ability. And again, this was a who's a different player now, a much more elite player in my mind. You know how much hockey I've played. But my biggest thing was the dude did turn over the puck back then a lot in his own zone, made a lot of bad passes in his own zone. And my problem was nobody would call him. I don't want to say call him out. Nobody would even recognize that. It was like everybody else's fault, and it was almost like they were protecting him in a little cocoon to, until he got to the point where he is now. That's one well, of the problems I had. And you called me out, and I, rem- I remember, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said something like this is a – What's the Defenseman of the Year award? Norris Trophy. This is a perennial Norris Trophy winner is, is how you called me out on that. And he hasn't won that yet, but he's a hell of a lot closer now than he was. Yeah, and you have to understand something, too. When you were bringing up those times of turnovers and that, the team was not good. Right. Yeah, it that's was not true good. Too, yeah. So, and with the pressure that gets on those guys, if you don't have forwards that are open or you don't have guys that are willing to work to get to open space, well, the D-man then is forced to – as I say, you know, try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. It just doesn't work, right? So now he hangs onto the puck longer and it gets picked off. He tries to make a pass that maybe isn't there because he's trying to create something. It gets picked off. So I applaud the Blues for protecting him at that time and helping him because you don't ever want to suck the creativeness out of an elite player. When you do that, and trust me, I know the feeling you turn into just your average guy and your career gets a lot shorter and you become less valuable and you don't make as All much of an impact. All of a sudden, you're a third-line defenseman that can bounce around year contract 100%. to year contract. You're not standing out. Yeah, yeah exactly frigging right. Yeah. And so Alex Petrangelo, the Blues did a good job of sheltering him there. And you know what? Now that the team in the last handful of years has gotten better, more uh, better coaching, all that stuff – it's amazing what he's able to do. And not forget that even when you were doing that and talking about how he was like, man, you know, he was still on the Team Canada Olympic team. Right. And he was also uh, a lot of ice time, too. So he had more chances yeah. to turn the puck Correct. over, that sort of thing. So how, my apologies to Petrangelo and his family. How, how about to me? Eh. 
Right. How does a young player, and is there a young player that you perceive can break this sort of set roster? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like we're going to be watching the the, the same team yeah. on night one that we did in game seven, which... Yeah, that's okay. Hey, yeah. That's fine, but is there a guy that maybe you see... Taking another step? Absolutely, yeah. or creating an uncomfortable conversation with, with, with another player. Yeah, Um, it's going to be tough, Donnie. Yeah. Uh, When you have a roster that's set like this, the only spot you're looking at is like extra forwards. And you don't necessarily want to put your young talent in that spot because you want them to play a lot and develop and continue to grow as as a hockey player. Now, the Robbie Fabry situation is interesting. Where does he fall here come training camp? How much of an offseason did he have as far as working out, getting healthier, getting better, all that? That's to be determined. Mackenzie McEachern, who's a good young player who worked his butt off last year, where does he fall in the mix? I think he's an extra forward type guy, but then is ultimately that, you know, uh, shrinking his development because he's not getting the ice that he would get down in the American Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, not a young, young, young guy either, no, he's, right? Mid-20s? I think he's like 23, oh, okay. maybe 22, All right, younger 23. than I thought then. Is that a one-way deal or a two-way It's a one-way it's deal. A, wow. Yeah, huh. it's not a heavy one-way deal, sure. but it is a one-way deal. But I different think, difference between one way and two way quickly. Yeah, one way deal. All it means is you're paid in NHL money all year, no matter where you whether play. you're up or down, up or down okay. anywhere. You get NHL money if you sign a two way contract. You have two separate salaries. So in the NHL, you would make if hypothetically five hundred thousand, and they'll say five hundred over eighty five, and the eighty five thousand is what you would make in the minors. So there's Got a it. big difference. That's yeah. it used to be a lot of two way contracts when I broke in because. It was quite inspiring to get to the NHL yeah. when you see such a dramatic change in your paycheck. Sure. Makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but the other guys, everybody wants to talk about Clem Costin. Yeah. Now, this is a guy that I think he could play fourth line. He's a big, physical kind of kid. Now, he's crazy talented, too. Yeah. He can handle the puck and shoot it. I watch him shoot the puck out there in the mornings, and it's a freaking laser. Yeah. And so... He could be a guy that takes Robbie Fabry's spot and then just works his way up the lineup. He's just young, though. He's 20 years old. He's played two years of pro hockey, and he's still only 20. Wasn't he a captain on the Russian Youth League? Yeah, the, the World Junior, World Junior uh, Russian team, he was a captain. Yeah. And he had a great tournament, and he plays like a prick out there. Yeah, like I was going to say, he's like, got a bit of a tood, right? He's got yeah. a little bit of an edge to him. We, we talked about him a little bit more, but, man, what does Jordan Cairo have to do to make, to make the lineup? Does dude have to still get bigger? He still looks like a stick. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get some man strength and man size on him. He's still a, a kid. Yeah. Uh, but it's tougher for those guys right now because, he, quite honestly, Cairo has to play top six, top nine maybe. But you're looking at your top nine going, okay, where does he fit in? Right? Yeah, it doesn't. Like I guess, he doesn't. Does he? Right? Even yeah. Robert Thomas right now, his true position is at center, but you're looking at your top nine guys going, he can't play center. Yeah. Because we have O'Reilly, Shen, and Bozak right now down the middle. Pretty decent. And Sunquist. Yeah. So with this, with the emergence of Thomas, with the possibilities of some of these younger guys, does that make the most likely the departure next year of Braden Shin like a little bit softer to kind of deal with? Because because really, right, there's no way that they could possibly resign I wouldn't that think dude. Back, no, right. Uh-uh. I mean, we would not have the money next year. No, and here's the. This is why this year's so important. Is Petrangelo will be up, and Braden Shin will be up. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize. Pe- yeah, Petra's so too. it's Oof. like. Where are you going, right? And you have to admit that you're seeing $9, $10 million being thrown around for number one defensemen, not even in the league, just on their teams. 
Petro's at like seven right now. What do you think he's going to start? What would be opening bid be there? He's yeah, going to be like, tenor, I want, right? I want ten or eleven million dollars, and I want a five or six year deal, right? Wow. And man, if you're yeah. somebody like Toronto, you're like, well, do you I'd know how many that. teams would well, sure bend over backwards to get a guy like that? But but hasn't and Toronto now he's specific... a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what does he s- put that on his resume or not? <laughs> he just walks around with a picture of himself yeah, holding, holding the cup, kind of like Brett Hall when he wore his own T-shirt. <laughs> Kind of like that. I'm not 100% sure Brett was aware he was wearing his own shirt. But he still wore it. There's not many people that could do that and and pull it off. Brett Hall, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally fine with that. Before we wrap it up today, real quick, I think we got to give a a special uh, uh, Last Minute Blues podcast birthday shout out to the Rivers Boys. Yeah. Oh, boy. Dumb and Dumber are 16 today. Dumb and Dumber. dumber. These two, I'm telling you. Wow, we got two more years till they're unleashed on the world. I'm telling you, they're. uh, so 16, 16, like how's, today. how's the driving situation going? Oh, they're, they're a riot, man. Like, I don't know. Last time you seen my boys, they don't, they're twins. They look nothing alike. They don't even look like neighbors. So it's one hell of a party. <laughs> uh, however, any houses for sale in your neighborhood. And this is where it gets really funny is my one son is he's six, five, two twenty two. And at 16 at just now 16. Yeah. And Damn. my other son, six feet, two Oh five. He's a, Little plus, yeah. yeah. So Jeez. these are big kids, and then they get behind the wheel of the car. And what's screwed up is Haas. We call him Ashton, big boy. He didn't get his permit as quickly as Braden did. He just didn't feel like he wanted to, didn't care, whatever, yada yada. Well, it's flipped now, where Braden is able to get his license like now, but Ashton has to wait because you have to have so many months or something. It's uh, yeah, it's hours or yeah, days. Yeah. And, yeah, my youngest went through. Yeah, that too. and and Ashton is. By far the better driver, but he's by far the farthest one from getting his license. So Braden, who's the worst driver, is like chomping at the bit to get behind the wheel. And I'm like, dude, not unless I'm wearing a helmet, mouth guard, like yeah, everything. I'm just, just going to foil up. <laughs> right. So what do you do? You go and buy them a car, right? Because yeah. that's smart. Sure. Oh good job. Yeah. So we did that. And I got to thank, uh, we'll give a little plug here, Dan Bellman out of Bellman oh, uh, GMC out in Troy. Him and his son, Kenny Bellman, came through for me at the last minute. Now, do you have to buy them two cars because there's two of them? No, they have to fist fight to figure oh. out who's going to drive. I well, mean, that is some good parents. Well, yeah, yeah. What happens is you start to grow the economy in your subdivision too because people come and bet on the fights. Oh, nice! <laughs> and the house always wins, right? Because you, you know who got the... their start like that? Kimbo Slice. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Rivers just doing what he can for the local economy. <laughs> right? Yeah, sparking the <laughs> local to boost, economy. Uh, the economy in Cottleville. Yeah. Mayor, and, you mayor know, of Cottleville. Because they're brothers, it's actually not illegal. <laughs> that's good. Fun. That's good. That's a good point. That's it's weird. just a family fight, I mean, officer. That's what, what my attorney said. What, what was real quick before we get out of here? First cars. What'd you have? First car. Uh, the first car that I ever bought no, myself. No, the first car I ever drove. The, the first one at that was sixteen. Yours. Yeah. Oh, uh, that would have been my mom's nineteen seventy eight T Bird Thunderbird. Wow. Ooh, that's yeah, all right, yeah, Jamie. It was, it was pretty nice. I, I by the way, I wrecked it. Uh, about six months after driving it, and the fr- the front right wheel was bent in. Uh, and I didn't know how to fix that. I didn't have money to fix it, so I was just buying a tire every month. <laughs> like, if I drive down the road, it was literally on a permanent skid. <laughs> I drive down the road. You know what? Jeff's that there. just shed a lot of light yeah. on things. No yeah. surprises no, here. Not no, at all. None. But I did change a tire in every single climate you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind paying to fix it. Let's just pay 10 times the amount to put a new tire on every month. <laughs> I believe my dad's quote was, I can't afford to fix that because I'm paying your uh, tuition to Vianney High School. The private school, yeah. which I got kicked out of. Anyway, to your car. Oh, my God. That's a whole other show. Yeah. 
Uh, my car, as we t- I told you, you know my father, Chief mm-hmm. Rolling Puck. Uh, he was part of a air conditioning furnace company, and they had they didn't have a van, so they used this car, and it was a 1979 Buick Regal, which mm-hmm. was like a boat, and they ripped Mine the back too. seats yeah. out of it, and so all the you know the sheet metal and everything was in the back seats. It had no stereo. It had uh, one window that didn't work. He gave that. He presented me with that. Here, son. Um, here's your birthday present. I'm like, well, where's the rest of it? <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, well, they have these parts at the junkyard. Oh my So goodness. I went to the junkyard, found a back seat, found some speakers. Me and my brother got crazy and wired up some crazy radio, right. and that was my car. And where I played junior hockey it was like minus fifty, minus sixty. In the winter, we come back off of road trips. Guess what? The Regal fired up like a baby. Really? Wow. What about you, Don? 1977 Buick Regal. Oh! oh join the club, the baby! Ba- club. Baby Blue. Uh, it, my gra- my great-grandmother, Holly, couldn't drive anymore, so she gave it to me. My dad was super pissed because he wanted it. And within six months, I was driving down New Halls Ferry in Florissant. Honest to God, true story. Picked up my little brother at Vacation Bible School. We stopped at Burger King. On the way home, I saw a cute chick on New Halls Ferry. Did not see a brand new Toyota Corolla stop in front of me. And at 45 miles an hour, destroyed the Corolla. With a Buick Regal, there had to be... A lot was, of damage. There was no trunk whatsoever. Wow. The lady gets out of the car and is crying, asking me if I'm okay. I'm crying, asking if she's okay. And I'm really crying because the second that my dad knows, I it's am over. done for. Yeah. The most done important question, That would be the second accident how of the was, day. The most important question, how was the Regal? Dude, after? like, honest to God. He like, still drives it. Those things t- are tanks. Just a bit of front-end damage on the lights. Like, not all that much for how just, hard I hit it. It just man. buffed out. Dude, Those were was, awesome cars. Man, they could move, dude. Yeah, that thing could get up and go. Yeah. And what I remember, man, is that when my grandfa- my great-grandmother and great-grandfather had it, because <laughs> my grandpa was super safe, is that we would drive around the city, and I would sit in the middle on the armrest. No seatbelt, no nothing. No, like, I know. No, but I was, dude, I was driving in the well, car. Grandpa, Grandpa would be awesome. all over Twitter <laughs> right. if anybody if you, you did that, that now. One right. last thing about the Buick Regal, because Jeff, you're not part of the club. Um, all right, I'll is, just turn this. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Uh, so thank you for turning the mic back oh, on. I turned mine off. Oh, you turned yours yeah. off. Well, apparently oh. mine didn't work either. But the SUV when it came in, and you had the third row seat. You know, everybody's like, oh, we can fit seven, eight people in here. Trust me, my Buick Regal was an SUV way before that. <laughs> we could it was bucket seats in the front, but the back seat was literally like a love seat. Yeah. Read uh-huh. into that however you want. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you could fit like four or five people back there. That and is when love. the Regal bus pulled up, people got in and it was like a clown car. You'd be oh. just counting people getting oh, out of that thing. That's hilarious. Ladies and gentlemen, last minute blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back soon. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.